Hi everyone, this is Michael from Beacon of Reason. This time we're going to have a very special broadcast because I'm not going to be talking alone. I'm actually having a guest here, uh, a very distinguished guest, I might say. Um, and uh, her name is Cynthia Sue Larson. And um, I'm going to be talking to her about the Mandela effect, about reality shifts and, well, everything that is um, involved with that. So what I'm going to do first, and first I'm going to say hi, Cynthia, welcome to the show. <laughs> hi, Michael. Glad to be here. It's very nice to have you here. Uh, I've actually been um, wanting to do this for a while. Um, when I first started the podcast about uh, the Mandela effect, when I first started talking about this, uh, I already thought of interviewing a few people and Cynthia was first on my list. So actually that she was the first that I was going to uh, call and uh, or actually I emailed her and uh, it was only because of the holidays and because of the, the very narrow window of time we have that we can actually talk because we uh, we're on the other side of the world and we need a, a suitable yeah. time for both of us. It's only now that we talk, but um, this was already in the planning for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that it's finally here and um I'm going to do the introduction now of, of Cynthia. Uh, so Cynthia Sue Larson is the best-selling author of six books who helps people visualize and access whole new worlds of possibility. Cynthia hosts Living the Quantum Dream on the Dream Vision 7 radio network. She has been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, and the BBC, and has presented papers at international conferences on science, spirituality, and consciousness. Since 1999, Cynthia has shared findings from scientific research in the fields of quantum physics, quantum biology, the placebo effect, positive psychology, sociology, and alternative medicine. Cynthia's articles have appeared in journals ranging from Cosmos and History to Magical Bland to Parabola. Results from Cynthia's How Do You Shift Reality surveys conducted in April 2000 and June 2013 document incidences of the most commonly experienced types of reality shifts. And her Reality Shifters website has compiled one of the most extensive collections of reality shift reports in the world. Her popular... I hope I'm pr going to pronounce that right. Eason? Is it an Eason or an Ezine? How do you say that? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, Okay. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> easy. Okay. And easy. That's very, that's easy. And easy. Okay. Reality Shifters is eagerly awaited each month by thousands of subscribers worldwide. Cynthia has a degree in physics from UC Berkeley, an MBA degree, and a Doctor of Divinity. Cynthia reminds us to ask in every situation. Um, what do you always remind people to ask? I forgot. <laughs> how good can it get <laughs> oh yeah that's that, that's it <laughs> okay so great uh, so welcome cynthia um cynthia oh, thank you yeah cynthia is a, a phd which actually means she's a professor in the law for wisdom that's in the original meaning right that's the original meaning of phd well actually my highest degree is a master's and i've got a doctor in divinity so it's it's not a phd I want to clarify oh, okay. that. Oh, sorry. Okay. I got that wrong then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm not really familiar with, uh, with the degrees in, uh, in America. So that's probably why. Yeah. That's okay. Even, Isn't even that? UC Berkeley put me down as having a PhD in physics. So oh, it's, really? people make mistakes. That was UC Berkeley. Okay. So even they have done that. Okay. So don't worry about it. So, but, but I said it right in the introduction. I said doctor of divinity. Yes. So that's actually what you are. Okay. So, um, so before I go on with the interview, I want to in interject this um, because um, I really thought that 
and I really thought that I read somewhere she had a PhD. Or actually, I, I remember her saying it a lot of times in other interviews. And my question to you as an audience, because this seems like a Mandela effect, do you also remember Cynthia Sue Larson introducing herself or being introduced as PhD? I also, the doctor of divinity, yeah, it sounds right to me. But at the same time, I was really convinced that she she had a PhD or actually, I actually thought that that was what she was calling herself. And um, so I'm just going to throw this in there. If you also remember her being a PhD, let me know in the comments because we might have a, a Mandela effect here. So that's just what I wanted to interject. I'm going to go back to the interview now with you. Uh, enjoy. But um, let me know if you remember Cynthia Sue Larson being introduced as a PhD. So we're going to talk about reality shifts. And, uh, well, there's a lot, of, uh, lot to talk about. Um, so um, the first thing I want to ask you is how did you first find out that reality shifts actually do occur? When was the first time that you were conscious of that? Well, the first time was when I was quite small, and I don't know if that counts, <laughs> because what happened is I was watching it rain in winter like it is now, looking out the window in my living room, and I saw it was raining. When I would think stop rain, it would stop. When I would start, think start rain, it would start. And that was going back and forth, back and forth. So many times I was certain this is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I, I was just a small girl, and I ran to find my mother and she was in her bedroom I asked her to look out her window because she could see the rain and but then she had a look on her face that should have been a warning to me but I was a young child I didn't know what that look meant it meant oh no <laughs> <laughs> this is harebrained I don't believe in this mm -hmm. and so sure enough it didn't work so that was that was very interesting for several reasons but I kind of shelved it I realized if I see things of this nature, it might be better not to, to, or it might be better to be selective about when, how, and why, and with whom I share it, because obviously we are very powerful, but most mm -hmm. of us don't realize it, and we don't even realize that we have a power to interfere with one another. Right. So that was really the earliest, but it, it wasn't what you'd call definitive. Mm -hmm. there, there was a different moment when I decided that this is such a real phenomenon that I can't ignore it anymore. And that for me happened later on. Um, it, again, I was having, going through private experiences that made me think maybe I'm going crazy. It's a, it's a very normal thing to think about when you notice reality changing. Mm -hmm. um, but then I wanted to talk to some friends about it that, that I used to work at Citibank with. These are high level financial managers in charge of millions of dollars of budgets. And we used to meet on a monthly or every other month basis, go for a walk. So I'm telling them about how sometimes I'm asking, do you sometimes notice that things appear, disappear, transform or transport? And they were wondering, what do you mean exactly? And as we were just have just the beginning of this conversation, we were walking into a plaza at the Berkeley Marina where there had never before been a huge sundial sculpture but now there was mm -hmm. it wasn't brand new though it was old it looked like it was there for decades and there was a plaque that indicated it had been there for lots of, a long time mm -hmm. but it was impossible that it could have been there so i asked them do you remember this 
and they did not remember. I think one of them brought it up to me, like, have you guys ever seen this sundial sculpture? It's it's like five meters high, five meters across. The thing is huge. You can't miss it. <laughs> it's made of concrete. Right. <laughs> it's enormous. Mm. And they said, no, we've never seen this. And Unbelievable. So that was when I that, that was when I started going public with this, uh, telling friends. Shortly after that, I started my website um, with a third age group in 1998. And then by 1999, I started realityshifters.com. Wow. So it's been over 20 years. Yeah. So I, I think that's great that you you have this experience that is out of the ordinary for a lot of people and that you still make the decision, okay, I'm I'm actually going to speak out about this. I'm going to investigate further. <laughs> that's actually a great step to take because, you know, you get it took a, lot a lot of, of nerve. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's amazing, an amazing story. And, um, you were, you're very, you're one of the first actually, right? Because before you, of course, there were some people talking about this, you know, in the past, like, uh, um, uh, you know, spiritual masters and people like that, but actually people in real life, right? That was out of the question to talk about these things or actually even think about these things. So that's really... kind of taboo. It's actually yeah. kind of taboo. It that's is. one thing for sure. Yeah. Like you want to be careful back 20 years ago who you talk to. Yeah. Now we're quite fortunate because it's a lot easier to bring the subject up. And I found out later that an author named PMH Atwater mm-hmm. had written a book, Future Memory. Mm-hmm. And in that book, she also described this very same phenomenon, calling it also reality shifts. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't know that. When I started, I didn't know that a few years before me starting my website, that there was confirmation, validation, another prominent author and authority on consciousness had been documenting this. So that was reassuring to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's always nice to find people who actually share your views and actually share your experiences because this is not just a view that you have, you know, you experience it. I, I know when it happens to you, it kind of you know, you can't deny you either yes. deny it for yourself and you know deep inside that it's true, but you're just going to deny it or you have to really accept it and then go on with it. And this is the great thing about the Mandela effect or actually reality shifts in general. Um, because um, what what to you, because the Mandela effect was later coined, uh, the term was later coined in the 2000s, right? That came in later. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think, some, around 2009, 2010. If you look at, um, there was an Art Bell interview where he was talking about Nelson Mandela and that mm-hmm. he was getting hundreds, if not thousands of faxes, emails, phone calls, mm-hmm. letting him know that this is weird. Nelson Mandela... Um, we, th- we remember he died, but he's alive again. And right. so I think Art Bell deserves a lot of credit too. He's not frequently mentioned, but I want right. to make sure to mention him. Okay, good. Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> because he was on the radio coast to coast right. and it was a big thing here in the United States worldwide, even yeah. to recognize something is going on. Yeah. And Art Bell was thinking maybe these are time travelers. That was his approach to take a look at that. I had a different approach because of my background in physics. So to me, it looks like what we're seeing is evidence that so-called spooky action at a distance and a lot of these quantum phenomenon like teleportation and tunneling, going right through something, a barrier, Mm -hmm. bilocation, you know, sort of like superposition of states, um, quantum entanglement, all of these properties that 
most people at that time, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, they would have said probably these things stay in the quantum realm. Now it's shifting even among physicists. And right. most there's a majority now that will tell you, actually, we would expect to see this phenomenon in our daily lives occasionally. Not all the time, mm -hmm. but it's happening. They'll say, yes, it's absolutely happening. That's, that's great <laughs> that people in, you know, on, on, in, in these kind of, uh, you know, with, with these titles, you know, actually say that. Because, uh, well, you also have a title, right? You, you, uh, you're, you're, you're a physicist, right? So um, it's, it's great that, that science is finally there explaining what used to be the supernatural because it's actually not supernatural, right? It's actually the That's natural right. life. It's actually what reality is. And reality is not yes. what we thought, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, do you think Not that in the Western world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's were, that's true. Mm -hmm. I think, like you brought up earlier, I think a lot of shaman, a lot of indigenous um, mm. elders and wise people understood that we are actually experiencing a multitude of possible realities. Mm -hmm. And depending on your state of mind and your heart and how you're connecting with the cosmos, it makes a big difference. They knew mm. this, and they knew that you could do things to to beneficially change the weather, for example. Right. And that was considered primitive and backward by a lot of Western cultures. Mm -hmm. Now we're finding out maybe they were onto something. <laughs> right, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so too, because of the experiences that I've had, and um, that's actually opened a lot of more possibilities. Um, do you yes. think that these reality shifts that we are going through are getting bigger in time? Is it actually you know, exponentially growing. Uh, do we have these experiences more and more as time evolves? Do you think it's going somewhere? Right. I do think that when people start opening their mind to the possibility reality can shift, that mm -hmm. they will notice more shifts for sure. Um, that open-mindedness makes a big difference. Right. And it's, it's kind of, it is like you just open the door a crack and you see a few and then it starts opening more. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. Uh, right. Some people think that they come in waves, these reality shifts. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's true, but for any, I think overall, we're definitely seeing an, a definite increase in just the, as you, each year goes by. For example, if I go to a grocery store, I, there's nowhere I can look that I don't see what you call a Mandela effect. Pretty much any direction, mm. there's some kind of product, some food, mm. something that's yeah. no longer what a lot of us remember it used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become a daily thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you, well, you already said open-mindedness. That that's, plays a huge, huge part in this whole um, experience. Um, so I, I think you already answered this question, but maybe we can dive deeper into this. Because why do you think people experience this Mandela effect more, some people experience it more than others, or others practically don't experience this phenomenon? Yes, I've done some research on that because I was interested to find out, are there types of people that are more likely to experience this? And mm -hmm. interestingly, the answer is yes, because mm -hmm. uh, I studied, um, I did a survey on the, based on the Myers-Briggs uh, personality test, which sorts people out. It doesn't work for everybody, and some people say, well, I don't really fall into one of the categories. That's okay. But for the people that do say, like, I'm pretty much 
for myself, I'm an INFJ, mm-hmm. and typically that would be 1.5% of the population. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the population of reality shift and Mandela effect experiencers, then it's more like 25, 26% of those experiencers are this very rare type that I am of INFJ. Mm-hmm. And so the N and um, the I part means introvert, the N means intuitive, mm-hmm. the F stands for feeling. And then the J would be judging. So that's my particular type. And then when you look at the middle two, the N and the F, that's intuitive feeler. Right. And if you look at that group right there, that's the majority of the Mandela effect experiencers. Most of them are actually intuitive feelers. Right. So they're, they're accustomed to using their, they trust intuition. Right. So I think that's brilliant. I think you yeah. can really get, some, you can go a lot faster and just go to the right answer if you trust your intuition. It came in handy when I studied quantum physics at UC Berkeley because you pretty much just write the answer down. Uh, what's the wave function here in this problem? Like, oh, I know. And you just write it down. Yeah, Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show your work. There it is. <laughs> Sometimes. Love it. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it comes in handy when you have uh, have not really learned your exams very well. I remember that from from when I was at school. And uh, sometimes you can just guess the answer, right? When you're really intuitive. But that not yeah. that doesn't always work though. But well, <laughs> you can also, well, sometimes you can also guess the right direction to go and right. kind of get in the right mental groove. Yeah. So intuitive feelers are, they tend to be what you might call light workers. They're Mm -hmm. the teachers, the coaches, the empaths. Mm -hmm. Um, These are, that's what they tend to do when they get a job in real life. So those are your intuitive feelers. Um, I think maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said the meek shall inherit the earth. Um, You know, there may have been, if you look at spiritual, Mm -hmm. uh, because if you follow some of that spiritual path and wonder like, what, what, what did that really mean? Um, and you look at what we're talking today about keep an open mind. That's like having the eyes of a child going back to that beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that and you become intuitive and you've got that childlike sense of wonder and joy, there's something magical that literally happens. It really does. Absolutely. Like for me, when I was a child and yeah. I could think start rain, stop rain, and I was all just aligned within myself. So it was possible for me to get real time uh, effects, you know, very, con- you could say consciously directed, but it was in mm-hmm. harmony with nature, mm-hmm. just playing with it like a child does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know how important it is to keep the child in you alive. And I really believe that when you do that, then you still are open to, you know, experiences that you that most people who don't don't uh, go, you know, in, inside themselves and, and, and keep the child alive. Um, they might lose that, those experiences. So, yes, I, I believe that also plays a big role. What I'm now going to do, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. And I'm going to say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that part. <laughs> I'm also an actor, so uh, <laughs> although I'm actually retired from acting, I'm not doing it anymore. But, um, uh, but um, the, um, the devil's advocate would actually say, okay, so these intuitive feelers, uh, they experience this, experience this more. Isn't it because they have bigger imaginations? What do, what do you say on that question? Oh, oh my gosh, that's a great question. Because I would say yes. And there's actually this whole area for the last 400 years, we've lost the um, knowledge that's mm-hmm. found in the imagination. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go back in history, you'll see that um, there was this huge bias toward using what you might call the left brain, the analytical mind. 
the reasoning brain. And when you do that, um, that's, that's a valid way to learn about the world, mm -hmm. but it tends to focus on what we physically see. And as right. quantum physics is showing us, what we physically see is actually, you could say it's based on or it's created by the energy and what we can't see. That's where it really comes from. It, it starts, I would say it starts as, as a wave function first. And then through the power of observation, if you follow the Copenhagen interpretation, you would collapse the wave function and then suddenly see one particular given reality. So your measurement shows you, it's like what you choose to measure and how you choose to do that shows you what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. So imagination, that brings us back into the power of the mm -hmm. unformed, of the wave function and of all that possibility that's out there that's quite real. Yeah, and we used to we used to respect it a lot better than we do today, and that's why I say the last Absolutely. several hundred years has been a kind of a backward direction. Yes, of, I would of agree not with really you. respecting the intuitive way of knowing and the power, the knowledge of that imagination. True. Yes, I agree with you completely about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also what I would say to that's that same you know devil's advocate, right? I would say. Um, Imagination is what brought us all the inventions that we have. We wouldn't have all the inventions that we have right now without imagination. So, you know, you can talk down about imagination, but without it, we would be nothing, right? <laughs> we would still be living in caves in, in, in a certain... Uh, well, actually, exactly. we would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, actually, imagination creates things, even from a very Western perspective uh, of reality. You create things by imagining it first. So... Yes, um, I do think that imagination uh, plays a big part in, in actually making the reality shifts happen. That's what I would also feel. Mm -hmm. That's I can't prove yes. that, but that's my feeling about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so you can use this for good purposes, right? You can use the fact that reality is not a solid thing mm -hmm. for... Uh, the advancement of something or of your life or of, you know, humanity in general. So what is the most important thing that uh, you can do or you must do in order to shift to a more desirable timeline? What is the one thing that you most of all have to do or practice or, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well there's, there are several things and it depends on the kind of person that you are. So, mm -hmm. This okay. is where a recipe is kind of, it's not so much a cooking recipe as it is like a martial arts practice or an acting practice. There's more to it. You, There's an art to it. Um, and it really depends on the kind of person you are to begin with. Having mm -hmm. said that, obviously there are things you can do. So when, when you want to change something and shift something, that implies you're looking at a, what might appear to be a developing situation that might seem um, unfortunate or not for the best in some way. And so your your initial reaction to that, it's a full body reaction. Um, if you're familiar with how you feel in every one of your energy centers, um, not just, I'll break it down simply, your head, your heart, your gut. Th mm -hmm. Those are three that even Westerners acknowledge. Okay, we know we've got neurons in our heart. We can think with our heart. Now we know we've got neurons in our gut. Mm -hmm. So we actually can admit, oh, there's something to it. We, we're thinking with our whole body. Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a yoga practice practitioner and you respect the ideas from India 
about the the chakras, then you understand that too. Okay, this is really important for when you want to change something. And that's why I say it's not like a recipe. Mm-hmm. It's more like fine, fine-tuning a Lamborghini or a Porsche. Um, this is, it's like a very fine, you, you are like a fine-tuned automobile. And you've got all these cylinders, all these chakras firing. And you want to make sure that you've got them really tuned up. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you'll, you might make the very simple, easy to make mistake that what you're looking at, you start believing it's real. Right. And you're going to, you have to learn that just because you see it doesn't mean it's going to have to stay that way. Mm-hmm. And it helps if you've already experienced some Mandela effects, because right. then you know like, oh, right, things do change. I've seen it. I know yes. it can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've seen it happen a lot, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, once you recognize that, then you know, I can maybe do this. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. So when you know, like, okay, this is what I'm seeing is not what I want to see. You need to really, I recommend take a check on how you feel about it. Because mm-hmm. you want to make a change based on need, not greed. And that would be tuning in on your gut, you know, because on the gut, that's where you know that you're making a choice for the best for all concerned and not just for your own selfish interests. Mm-hmm. You may wonder what's what's wrong with that. Well, uh, just from, I think everybody knows. And if you don't know, then go ahead and try it. But when you do things for your selfish interest, it usually, it's it's not where you want to go long-term. It's, it backfires um, in a way. It's, it's going to backfire somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend just don't even go that way. <laughs> Skip <Right>. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so so actually the intention of uh, that you have really does play a role. Uh, when, when you have good intentions, you know, um, positive intentions, then it works in your favor or in, in not only in your, but of course in, in other people's favor. But once it is negative, then it might, you know, act, it may, may start right, but then it might shift to something bad. Or um, is, is that the way to interpret this, what you said? Or... Am I just being too simple about it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like um, what happens is you might get exactly what you said you wanted. Your subconscious okay. is quite literal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like I had a friend that knew somebody that said I'd give my right arm if I could only I forget what it was he wanted, oh, but he had a God. terrible accident. Oh. He lost his right arm. Oh. So you don't want to you don't want to say something like that. Right. I recommend things like how good can it get? Um, mm-hmm. But when it when it applies to everybody, what tends to happen if you if you think you can claw your way to the top by um, pushing other people down? Um, well, you know, yeah. that's bad karma. But what, yeah. what t- will happen is there will be bad um, back. Things will backfire for sure. Yeah, I, I can't I can't convince you, but I, I can tell you I've seen it. Other people see it. I've seen it, it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In other people. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. 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 We know better. Yeah. We know better. And yeah. so when you're dealing with this kind of thing, just assume that on a deep level, the cosmos knows everything you are thinking, everything. Yeah. If you know, if you think of it that way, then you're on track. Mm-hmm. If you think, OK, what if everybody knows what I'm thinking? Are you still good with what you're intending? If so, right. proceed. Mm-hmm. If not, whoops, you know, because that's what's happening when you open yourself up to the cosmos mm-hmm. and you're fully engaged like that. And you're saying, OK, bring this into reality. If you right. go into a reality that nobody else wants to be in, it's going to feel like that. There are right. realities like that. Right. And they can feel empty. They can feel bleak. Mm-hmm. So you might be the king of a small pond, but nobody else wants to be there. Mm-hmm. So I don't recommend it. Um, 
And again, I can't prove this. I can just say you can try it if you want to, but I don't recommend it. And we have so many stories warning us, you know, Mm -hmm. just don't make that mistake. No. There's King Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold. Right. Even his family, you know, so then he can't touch his wife or his children or they just freeze in their gold statues. And it can feel that that's a really great analogy because that's mm-hmm. kind of what it can feel like. Yeah. So the kind of when you wish for how good it can get, that's how to share the abundance that you're creating. Mm-hmm. So it's not selfish in any way. Right. Right. So you would actually say that the universe, although it seems it's um, very um, balanced, but you would also you could also say that it has kind of a bias for positivity. Right. That it's actually that's what yes. I, that what it feels like to me. <laughs> it yeah. totally it totally does have that bias, mm-hmm. and you can feel it when you like have a near death experience if you've ever had one, or mm. some people can lucid dream and and touch on this feeling of just tremendous love, mm-hmm. and it, it puts me in a state of reverence where I just feel like wow, this is the best thing ever. So that means whatever I think is a problem is not going back to how do you change reality, shift reality, make mm-hmm. a quantum jump. So you see something that looks like, okay, I don't like the look of it. I'm having a physical reaction to it. You want to calm down your physical reaction. You want to right. meditate. Right. You want to keep grounding, 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 grounding until finally you're not all freaked out about the situation because right. it might be quite personal. It might be quite intense. It yeah. might feel quite real. Yeah. And so you want to get back to that place like, wait a minute, there's an ultimate reality of pure love and bliss. And I know that's more real than what this looks like. And I'm going to get re-centered in that. That's my recommendation for the best results. Because then when you do that and you feel like, okay, am I all back together? My head, my heart, my gut, yes. Mm. Then you can um, envision and visualize something better. It might just come to you. You might feel spontaneously, wow, I see a way through this. I had a good night's sleep and now I can see a way for everybody to win. And I see that things aren't as bad as I thought they were. And then often, right about that moment, when you kind of give up and feel like, I'll deal with this issue, you, that's the moment when you kind of give up and let go, right. that you might really witness something off the charts miraculous. I mean, really, where you're like, how did that even happen? I can't right. believe that just happened. Yeah. And I've seen so many things happen on that scale. But it, it th- those are the steps that I'm personally using, if you want to call them steps when you get to the, the chakras, the how you feel inside, that matters so much. That might take a while. Mm-hmm. So if you're facing lawsuits, if people are angry with you, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with problems with your family, um, this can take a while to get clear. So give yourself time. It, you might not be able to do it all just in one go. <laughs> Absolutely. To jump to that new reality. Absolutely. Yeah. I recognize so much of what you say. It's like I, I invented my own... Um, um, I, I call it a speed um, meditation. And uh, I use this a lot when my life was in a lot of turmoil. And I'm going to share it with you and with everyone who's listening because it's, it's a great, it's, a very, it's, it's very quick, but it, it works very well. Uh, so what I actually do is I, um, I close my eyes. I make sure my feet, feet are on the ground. The best way to do it is, on, is under the shower, in the shower, but you can also do it wherever you are, but you at least have to, to get quiet. And then you say, um, 
Um, I'm going to translate it because I always say it in Dutch, of course. Um, I don't speak it out loud, though, but I, I, I say it in my head. And it's, I'm letting go all my thoughts and feelings that are caused by circumstances and events. And I'm going to let them go now. So I feel that all these you know, thoughts go away, these feelings also. And then I'm going to yeah. become very empty, but not in a bad sense, but like... Wow, I'm just relieved of all this negativity, but sometimes also positive feelings, right? That are just in the way that maybe are mm -hmm. uh, kind of expectations that make you not look at the real thing. So you let it all go. Then there's this emptiness. And then you say, I am now in a timeline where, and then whatever you, your intention is, for example, a timeline where there is a great abundance of love or a timeline where there's a great abundance of uh, financial uh, stability or financial prosperity or whatever is uh, feeling like, you know, what, what you want to create or what the, actually the reality that you want to step into. And then when you say that, you feel it. You feel that it's there in your body. And then from one moment to the other, the turmoil that you've gone through just a, a few minutes ago is gone. Mm -hmm. You're com completely relaxed. You're completely... Um, you're neutral, but but still you're in positive expectation, and yes. and I always also use the word extreme, like extreme prosperity. And the reason why is because I know that as soon as we go on with our lives, we are going to have thoughts that are going against that. So actually, you have built kind of uh, uh, you've built up some uh, uh, how would you say that. Um, uh, something extra so that your your negative uh, thoughts uh, can um, when, when, you, when you have negative thoughts they kind of dump that or, or how would you say that uh, they would um, um, I, I don't it's very difficult to, to say this in English but <laughs> but uh, the, your negative thoughts can can make the outcome be, less good right that's uh, so when you say extreme then the outcome is going to be just positive right <laughs> not just extremely positive but just positive <laughs> so that's what i what i invented but it actually works very well yes to turn oh, yes. to turn situations upside down yeah I, I find affirmations extremely powerful like what i do when i wake up each day is i just um i say i am my best possible self and so it's just that oh, yeah. that owning i am my best right. possible self Right. You know, today. So I'm just basically claiming it. Like, this is mine. I mm. am my mm. best possible self. Mm -hmm. And what I find is the more I do that, it, it grows. It's like um, that feeling of what that is um, becomes more consciously understood by me. It's a process. Mm -hmm. So it kind of starts slow. It bubbles up. And then that that's extraordinary. And you, may, yeah. you might think, like, why do that? Because what I need to fix is the world. I'm fine. No, mm. but what we really need to do, like what you're saying, <laughs> we have to start with ourselves. Right. And what you tell yourself really matters. Mm -hmm. You know, scientists are finding that when we talk to our organs or like our heart or our lungs or our head or any part of our body, it really feels it. And that's mm -hmm. true when you speak to your entire self as well. Right. Just feeling like I am wonderful. Even if you think like, no, I'm not. And you're getting chatter back. That will go away. So if people are listening and thinking, that sounds great for you guys, but I don't know about this, um, just keep doing it anyway. Um, yeah. it will, you will override it because you'll be creating. Yeah, you know it and I know it, but people listening might think, well, mm -hmm. those guys are crazy. No, 
because I understand what it's like. When you get started, um, there will be a lot of that chatter. Mm. And you'll, you might hear a negative internal voices saying, yeah. what do you think you're doing? This is crazy. That's mm. okay. Do it anyway. Yeah. Just plow on through and yeah. don't stop because you're building up antibodies to like this infection of these thought forms that we live in that sort of a dirty soup of our Western culture where yeah. we watch TV, listen to the news, listen to people around us. Yeah. And there's a lot of, they call it skepticism, but it's much worse. Mm -hmm. Skepticism is a good thing. Mm -hmm. what, what it really is, is just unbridled criticism yeah. in a mindless fashion. Yeah. So you can overcome even that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's often very sarcastic as well. The skepticism is more like, I yeah, know. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, and when it's sarcastic, it's too emotional then I would say, well, if, if you're yeah. really that rational, then don't be so, so sarcastically about it, right? That's um, a little bit my... Uh... Well, the trouble is... <laughs> yeah, that's good if it's... If you're talking to yourself, you can do that. But if it's somebody else, um, at that point, they've kind of lost it. They're not rational at that point. Um, right. When they're being mean-spirited and when they're saying things too emotionally, mm -hmm. then just it's better to walk away from that person. Yeah. But you're right. If it's inside you, then you can absolutely say, oh, Fui, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you talked about the need, uh, that that's very important, that you you have, you also said yeah, that in an interview with um, the quantum businessman that you, uh, you conducted during the, uh, the Mandela conference. Yeah. Yeah, that the need it's is for Chris, Christopher Anatra. Right. Yes. yes, Christopher Anatra. Exactly. And you said that it's the need that you have that creates it or or actually doesn't really create it because you just go, jump to another reality. That's that's the basis. Right. Um, but um, what, what I I found that really um, mind, uh, it opened my mind a little bit or actually um, uh, I knew this deep inside but yet um i forgot it as well and um the reason is there is this um, um let's say it's a um um yes i i call it the millennial esoteric mindset uh, because in a very uh, popular esoteric book from the 90s, it is said that when you say you need something, you are expressing the lack of it. And therefore, you create more of the same. That's what it's saying, which is the absence of that which you desire. And, uh, and also, God and the universe doesn't understand the word no. That's another one. But I'm going to get to that. But first, to, to this uh, notion that when you need something, you are expressing the lack of it. And to me, it never felt right. But then I, I adopted this, and that's actually what kind of helped me back for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that actually the need is a positive mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. and not a negative thing? Yeah, the, the, the thing is, what we need is we're always going to get it. There's no question of it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's kicking and screaming, and we don't realize we need it, so... Mm -hmm. This is our right. Western civilization um, condition. It's kind of mm. like the human condition right now. So a lot of the crises that we're facing, we're getting exactly what we need in order to be able to look at what we have to look at. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't that way, it wouldn't be happening. Right. And this is based on the philosophy of, um, I like the optimalists, like Nicholas Rescher. He's a process philosopher. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Axiogenesis. And he looks at the way that nature is incredibly unlikely. The universe we mm -hmm. live in, the way life exists, 
It's yeah. off the charts, unlikely. Yeah. And so we know that we're getting exactly what we need, mm. which is ridiculous. It's, it's more crazy than if we'd won the super, super, super mega lottery. Right. You know? But yeah. we're doing it all the time. And, yeah. And nature goes that direction. It goes always in the direction yeah. of greater order, of greater yeah. harmony, against all odds. Right. And it's got a long track record of doing this, of millennia. Yeah. So when you look at that, then you realize something bigger is going on. Mm-hmm. But back to the thing about need, I think um, it's really about what you're feeling. So if you acknowledge, like, I need this, I need to take the next step and be more public with my career, or I need to get a new job, and you own that, then it's not it's not a feeling of lack. It's an acknowledgement, like, yeah, I need this. Yes. And so I can come along step. or I can come along nicely. Yeah. yeah. So your yeah. attitude matters. Yeah. So you can go it. You can go forward with an attitude of, like, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. A lot of people fear change. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't need to be scary. And the Mandela effect itself is showing us that with the very gentle, easy, simple things that are changing. Right. Very fun. Very yeah. um, kind of like look at this. Yeah. None of it is meant to be horrific or shocking or frightful. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the intention. No. So, yeah. So when you need, but that millennial mindset, what did you call that again? The millennial something mindset? Yes, I, I wrote it down. <laughs> I actually wrote it down because that was a thought that I had uh, on the on a long plane flight, a uh, flight from uh, my vacation to uh, home. And it's, uh, I call it the millennial esoteric mindset. <laughs> so, yes, okay. because it was from the 90s and huh. the beginning of this century with also with the, the Secret, you know, the movie about uh, right. change, changing your reality, which has a lot of good things in it. But um, it also has some, some yes, yeah, like this, you know, um, when you need something, you are too much into uh, not having it. And I, I think, yes. yeah, okay. Well, I think what they're saying, I, I understand the logic of it, sort of. Mm-hmm. The way that could work, if you bring that need into your head, that's where it screws up. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 the need is supposed to remain in your gut. It's a gut right. feeling. Okay, yeah. you got to do what your gut tells you. Like yeah. you, It's like sink or swim. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really that, uh, that, that uh, fight or flight kind of a reflex, knowing yeah. that, you know, th- I need this. Yeah. Wh- whatever you need, you're going to get. And people find that against all odds with a lot of these reality shifts where they suddenly teleport to safety. This happens much. It's like the biggest secret ever. Mm. Most people aren't talking about it because they don't know what to say. Mm. I was about to get hit by an oncoming car. The next thing I know, we're on the other side of each other. There's no way that could have happened. But it did. And so that's an example of need. And it's that example. um, So many people have that happen to them. And they'll tell me privately, but they don't want public knowledge that this has ever happened because they know it sounds crazy. Yeah. And actually, it's not crazy. It's part of quantum physics. Quantum physics is the fundamental reality. Mm -hmm. That's the nature that we're living in. So. But, you know, but but back to that law of attraction and the millennial, millennial esoteric mindset. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yes. So if someone's thinking like I need it and they've got that idea in their head, that idea is not supposed to be in your head. Right. That idea, what you really need, you just relax. What you need, yeah. you're going to get. You'll have it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it at all. That's guaranteed. Trust. Yeah, proceed. exactly. It's a trust that you need to have and uh, not to, fo- to focus too much on the details and how am I going to, suppo- how am I supposed to get this or how am I supposed to, you know, navigate to whatever I want? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Right. I, also, 
I also got goosebumps the moment you talked about um, that sometimes you get even things you didn't even know you needed. Because I actually had a few experiences last week. I was on vacation on a beautiful island uh, and um, I was actually having a Skype, com uh, a Skype conversation with a friend. Um, there was internet all over the island, so that was very nice. I could go to the beach and, you know, call someone on Skype. So I did that one night and I called my friend. And... Um, <laughs> What actually happened the day before, I, uh, I was on the beach and there was a, a thunderstorm coming. So suddenly we had to go back to our, uh, to our apartment. Or actually we had nice beach, ha beach houses. It was really nice. And um, I had these water shoes with me. But because of the, you know, all the turmoil, because suddenly there was this rain, we had to move really quickly. So without knowing, I forgot my water shoes. Or maybe I didn't forget them. I don't know because I have no recollection if I put them in my bag or not. But So I went to the beach house. And then later I had this Skype conversation with her, with my friend. And um, so I went to the beach and searched for a nice spot to talk. So quiet, no other people around, right? So I finally found a spot. I thought, this is nice. So I tried to call her. But then I saw, saw that I didn't have any reception. So I had to move further along the beach. So I moved further. Ah, oh, this is a nice spot. Ah, I have reception. So I, I sat down, wanted to call her, and then no reception. So I had to move again. So I moved again. And then finally I had, there was this place where I had reception. So I could call her. So we had a conversation and suddenly we're t we were talking about, you know, what, what, where our lives are headed for, you know, what, 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 what our lives are going to be like and what our next plans were, the next step yes. was. And then suddenly I had the urge to just walk around. I was sitting all the time, but then I had the urge to walk around. And then suddenly I saw something, and those were a pair of water shoes. And I thought, these look pretty familiar. <laughs> and the, <laughs> these water shoes were mine, of course. So, uh, and I said to her, just stop right now because she was talking. And I said, stop, because I am actually seeing my own water shoes that I didn't even know I left on the beach. And I don't even know if I really left them on the beach because it might be a reality shift. You don't know. But I was led to them by the, re the, the lack of reception every time I had to move. And I was guided exactly to that spot where my shoes were which I actually didn't know I lost them. I didn't know I lost my shoes. I, I didn't miss them. And yet there they were for me. I was guided to that. So that was like something you don't even know you need and you just guided right. to it. And the next right. day, yeah. And the next day, the same thing happened. I uh, was uh, also on the same beach and uh, I had to go back to the, the beach house and uh, um, to, uh, to go to the bathroom. And then uh, I wanted to go back and I forgot something, so I had to, uh, to to walk back. And I actually had the choice, am I going to walk exactly the same way back or I'm, I'm going to take another route? So I chose, no, I'm going to go the exact same way. And then suddenly I saw my phone lying on the ground. My phone had fallen out of my bag without me knowing. So I was actually led to my phone without actually knowing that I lost it in the first place. So that happened <laughs> twice, right, in one week. And for me, that oh was gosh. that was such a great synchronicity. And for me, these <laughs> things have meaning. This is this well, is something. Yeah, I think the phone happened so you wouldn't doubt the shoes because otherwise right. you might start thinking like, did that really happen? But yeah. when it happens twice, 
right. you can't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it uh, for me, it has the meaning like um, you're gonna get things that you don't even thought you needed, or you don't even thought, yes. or maybe you f- you're gonna find something back you don't you didn't even uh, consider lost, right? So that's uh, that was an amazing experience. So I just had to share that with you, <laughs> and because I you love it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you mentioned yes. this, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that ties into my favorite question. How good can it get? Because when you keep asking that, then you're going to keep seeing answers to it. Like, wow, this is even better than I thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the other uh, part of the millennial esoteric mindset is mindset is God or the universe doesn't understand the word no. And I what I actually uh, what I think is that no is one of the most powerful words that we have. It's what you say when, for example, someone wants to uh, do something to you that you don't want them to do, right? right? Uh, when uh, when someone tries to, uh, uh, you know, do horrible things to you, uh, the word no can be very, very powerful. And so what I actually right. uh, started on a few years ago, I started an article that I never finished, but I called it, what... Um, what um, um, what part of the word no don't you understand? That was the title. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. for, and it was about that I don't believe that God doesn't know the word no. I know. I think if God or the universe is actually creating all that is, it has certainly also created the no, right? The, the no yes. part of, of the equation. So uh, I also think, and I, that's my question to you, do you also agree with that, that when you say no, that that's actually also a very creative and powerful thing sometimes? Yes, there are two parts to this. Um, I think what some people might be thinking when they talk that way is if you it's it's using caution when you put together an affirmation, like when you say, um, I I want no problems with this. Mm -hmm. What 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 these millennial mindset people might be thinking is um, that God's or your subconscious or the cosmos, instead of hearing the word no, they think it's catching problems. So I think that's what they're talking about. Mm hmm. Having having said, but again, it's the whole thing about feeling. That's where mm-hmm. again, where you've taken something that belongs in the gut, you put it in the head, and you think it belongs there. No, 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 no. The gut belongs in the gut. What you need is what you you know you need that you think with your gut. That's correct. So, mm-hmm. like if I saw my dog as I did, he was developing cataracts. Mm-hmm. His eyes were clouding over. He was kind of elderly, and I thought, no, no, right. no. Right. No cataracts. Yeah. He has to have health. But that's from my gut. It's like, mm. no. Right. This is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's the right way. Yeah. And then and then it all cleared up. He's fine. And then um, then my daughter said, Mom, bad news about the dog. And I, is, and I said, is it about his eyes? Yes. And I told her what we're going to do. Like, don't worry about it. That's mm. not acceptable. Mm. No. We feel it in our gut. No. Yeah. You don't think it in your head. You know, mm-hmm. there's the problem. Right. So I think that's that's where that millennial mindset, again, the same kind of, they've done that twice now. You know, they've taken a gut feeling, moved it to the head, and mm-hmm. they think it works the same way. That's brilliant that you're finding this. Yeah. You're, um, and and the, what happened with the dog, he was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, my, hu- my husband, my daughter, and I, we all agreed, okay, now we know what we're doing. That's not acceptable. All three of us are saying no. We're not, we're not just saying it with our mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. We're feeling it. It's a gut feeling. It's got to be a gut feeling. Right. And then, yes, of course, God knows what no is. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually had the same happen with my cat that I, that's no, no longer alive. I have another cat now. But uh, she was very sick. 
And I actually had the same, she was, she was practically dying. And I said, no, I don't want you to die. And I really talked to her and uh, because she was a female cat and, um, mm -hmm. and she, uh, and she listened to me. So she got better. Mm -hmm. And of course, I also did some medicine and stuff. You know, it's not just, just yes. only that, but um, <laughs> she was really dying. And the doctor said, it's only going to be one week and then she's gone. And she she stayed with me for three more years. So that um, that's just proof, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes no oh, really great. works. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so um, I also had this question, but we've already answered this. Can narcissists, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway, because um, it might be fun to talk about it a little bit. Can narcissistic or psychopathic people use reality shifts for selfish purposes? We've already said something about it, but I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of course, people can do that. I don't recommend it at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't recommend. Um, this is why I tend to say I. I'm a proponent of a spiritual practice, not a magical practice. Mm -hmm. Spiritual meaning, think of the whole cosmos, think of everybody, think yeah. of what's best for all concerned. But yes, of course, people who are narcissists and they just want what they want for themselves, absolutely, they can just get what they want for themselves. And maybe they don't think they care about anyone else. Mm. But I think eventually, maybe not this lifetime, but at some point, they'll figure out that was a mistake. So right you know it's a it's a young soul mistake to make um hmm. and some maybe they need to make it i don't know right right <laughs> can they do it? yeah they can totally misuse it sure do you also believe that there are timelines somewhere or some dimensions where actually really bad things happen on this earth uh, that some people have chosen that for their experience or uh, that 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 actually is real that 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 does occur in some reality or do you think that, um, well, I'm just going to leave that open. <laughs> That's the question for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything mm. that people feel a need to experience is going to manifest somewhere, okay. somehow. Yeah. And then the, those that feel like they really are saying no to that, they're not going to experience it that way. Right. I, I know that's true. Yeah. And I think, I think that's happening right now in our news media. Yeah. That there's a lot of confusion about fake news and, yeah. and th this really brings that up because people actually do live in different realities yeah. which may seem crazy like how is that possible yeah. but it's totally possible <laughs> yeah yeah the one thing that really got my attention was the north korea thing there was this enormous threat from north korea you know the nuclear threat and there was this this words from trump and words from uh, kim jong-un and they were really you know fighting uh, uh, over Twitter most of the time, or, or Trump was at, at least, but it's, it felt really dire and it felt like this is not going in the right direction. And I remember saying, well, no, I'm not going to even let that thought pass. I'm going to say right. this is not going to happen because we, we're on a positive timeline. I always said that. And, um, and suddenly within a few weeks, there was this peace talks, you know, between those two. And that was like something that could never happen in, in you know, for your, your rational mind. That was like out of the question that I would ever, especially not in that year, in 2018. And it happened just two months after <laughs> this enormous tension. And that is a lot of proof, right? That, that something is, you know, something can shift in tremendous positively, uh, tremendously positive way that you don't even you know consider <clears throat> possible and yet it happens yeah i think actually um 
I'll tell you something. I feel like I am part of what you might call a fail-safe network for the planet. And I think there are a lot of us. Mm. And when I say fail-safe, it's that whole thing of no to certain right. things. It's like, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yes. So that guarantees that they're going to be the best possible realities. Because there are people, it's not just me. There's a lot of us that are, that are asking how good can it get that are yeah. totally re rejecting anything that's going in what we might feel is a negative direction. Yeah. So well, some people might experience it, but you don't have to. You mm. don't have to go there. No. Um, it's. You, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I. That's. That's what. What. I'm, what my experience is, and uh, I really believe that when I say no, actually, I've. I've seen a lot of the times it, it happens. Just I say no, and it doesn't happen, or something positive happens, and. Uh, uh, and it's not just me. But I know that a lot of other people do as well, and uh, so I. Th I think that we're working together in a way without knowing maybe, but um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, another important question. Um, we're almost uh, down to an hour. Uh, so um, I don't know if you, uh, if you have to go uh, uh, somewhere or um, just tell me when you, uh, if you really have to go, then we can uh, stop this uh, conversation, of course. But uh, if not, then maybe we could go on for maybe 15 minutes. Um, so just tell sure. me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Another, yeah, 15 minutes is good. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Very good. Because I have a few more questions and then uh, I think then we can wrap this up. Um, so um, what role does the free will of other people play when you have intentions, right? You, you for example, you want an, uh, a job. Yeah, that, that's something that you really long for, but you know, you have to, you know, to solicit. You have to um, have, a, um, um, how do you call that? Um, um, a conversation with yes yeah. right ex exactly so you have people on the other end of the table that are going to make decisions whether they want to have you as their employee or not and so there's a free will involved with those people uh, what role does that play how is this this um how is this going mm -hmm. right yeah that's a great question uh one thing that we are learning <clears throat> in physics as of 2019 is that absolutely two observers can be in the same place at the same time in a physical room and observe two different truths, two different absolutely correct answers, watching the same thing at the same place at the same time. And this is astonishing. That should have been the front page news story for all of 2019 mm -hmm. because it's showing us that you can have adjacent, simultaneous, very different realities. So... If, the, if other people always have free will, so do you. And right. so it's not so much a timeline. It's like these interwoven timelines. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like this huge fabric of reality. <laughs> it's very multidimensional. Uh, and within it, uh, I, I do recommend that you respect other people. Obviously, mm -hmm. because there's going there's going to be some aspect of their consciousness that is still with you in your reality. Mm -hmm. We're much bigger than we realize. Mm -hmm. So we actually embody all of those realities that we're thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. We're daydreaming. We dream at night. We experience them. We experience them in our imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, for myself, when I daydream, I'm often observed to be bilocating. And so people tell me, I saw you doing whatever I was dreaming or th just thinking about doing. Wow. That's how strong, that's how strong it is. So wow. we have that ability. 
So mm. it, it means it's really important to clean up our act because you mm. might think, oh, I'm just daydreaming. Well, maybe, but probably you're in someone else's reality. Wow. And yeah. Oh, so I, I was, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a daydreaming person, especially when I was younger uh, at school. So that actually, I never really imagined that I was really, I was really going somewhere. That is not just oh, only yeah. in my mind. Okay. And we're, wow. we're going to teach quantum computers how to daydream. You know, that's wow. what they're talking about when they say okay. they want to exploit other possible realities and bring back resources. Mm -hmm. That's teaching, that's teaching um, artificial intelligence with a quantum computer how to daydream, mm -hmm. how to go out, find an answer, and bring it back. We do it all the time. Wow. We call it daydreaming. We call it dreaming. That's what we're doing. And you're literally in these other realities when you're, you know, that's, that's quite real, actually. Mm -hmm. But we choose to embody, you know, the word embody means that you're fully present, your head, your heart, your gut. Right. That's, that's what you call home. Mm -hmm. So if that home is the same as what other people are calling their home, um, that's good. Then you're sharing that. But if not, then you might, be, you might feel like they're, um, people call them NPC, non-player character. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that would be... Like they're just daydreaming it. They're not really heavily invested. They don't really feel embodied in the reality you're in. Right. They believe more full. Like like you and I believe that we have a peace treaty with North Korea. Mm -hmm. What about the people that think like that's ridiculous? That'll never happen. Mm -hmm. and they don't believe it, so they're embodying a, an adjacent reality. I don't want to be there, but they right. do. Right. You and I have chosen differently. Yeah. Yay. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so actually, there are people out there who are walking around, but actually not that conscious because their consciousness, most part of their consciousness, is in another reality. Is that what you're saying? That's wow. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like they're daydreaming, and um, mm -hmm. it just feels like they're partly there. Um, right. I basically, pretty much, when I bilocate, I'm daydreaming so clearly that I'm wishing that I was somewhere, and it happens, and I'm doing things. And I come to that place later and I see I had that effect. Wow. Like um, like I opened my daughter's uh, window curtain that was, the window shade was too heavy. Mm. I turned on their light. I woke them up, but I was in bed the whole time. And then when I woke up and came in the room, sure enough, everything that I only I could do, I must have done, but I hadn't been there yet. Wow. So that's, wow. yeah. So that's, that's kind of a, that's a crazy example. Maybe yeah. people don't always experience that pretty extreme. Yeah, but, but but we do but we do daydream. We know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do it a lot. <laughs> I never thought that uh, I would actually be. You know, I'm, maybe I'm gonna have that experience as well. Now that I'm conscious of it, sometimes it happens that way, right? Okay. Um, so another one. Um, this is um, something that you wrote in your book. Um, you you say when we notice that reality has shifted, uh, it's in your book a reality shift. Or reality shifters, right? It's reality shifters, yeah. <laughs> when we notice that reality has shifted, we recognize we are in a different universe of possibility than the one we occupied before because we allow ourselves to pay attention to the way we pay attention. What do you mean by that? That we allow ourselves to pay attention to the way we pay attention. Right. That, this is a key concept. Um, it has to do with the definition of consciousness itself. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, if you pay attention to something, that's one level. It's like one, um, it's a very simple form of paying attention. It could almost be a meditation where you're, um, 
it's a step toward perhaps clearing your mind entirely. You might be paying attention totally to just a raisin, mm-hmm. and then eventually you can clear your mind. Uh, but when you pay attention to the way you're paying attention, um, then you can take that looking at a raisin and take it into an elevated state where you know that you're not your brain, mm-hmm. you're not your physical body at all, but you're able to observe your thoughts and your feelings and your physical body. You're starting to recognize that there's an iteration of awareness behind the awareness, behind right. the awareness. Right. You're catching on to the levels of consciousness that you inhabit that's the true you. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real awakening when you do that. Mm. It goes back to the definition of consciousness that was given to us by um, Leibniz, the philosopher, mm. who created calculus. And he also created the pillars of science, just recognizing that the um, it's kind of like this whole iteration. You know, he does calculus, which is basically levels of awareness also. Mm. <laughs> so Leibniz was a genius. Mm. He's another philosophical optimist like myself and Nicholas Rescher. So it's it's he's also a believer that you can have a best possible reality. And mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do it is really to be aware that you are aware, to mm-hmm. notice that your thoughts and feelings, they're not you. So that means you can choose different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really the beginning of waking up. Right. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, that that makes sense. Paying attention to the way you pay attention, that's actually becoming more aware of your awareness and therefore yes. yeah, be- becoming more conscious and therefore becoming more powerful also, right? That's your your yes. thoughts become more right. powerful. Yeah, yeah, okay. Another uh, uh, question about the Mandela effect itself. Did you also see um, geographical changes? A lot of people are talking about geographical changes. I have seen them for myself. I have a few that I really noticed that that was not the way it was before. Do you also have some? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I do remember that there used to be um, snow showing on the maps, that there was this whole, um, you know, if you go up to the Arc, the North Pole, mm-hmm. and, Ar- um, you know, the, if you go all the way to the far north, there used to be a landmass that was all ice, and it would be showing on maps that way. So yeah, it when was I was ice, a little girl... Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was ice. Yeah, it so wasn't land, a, but yeah, absolutely. It was ice, yeah. but then you knew that that's where the Santa's workshop would be, and yeah. you knew that there was there, there was something there. Mm-hmm. And now they don't even acknowledge that. It's often not shown on the, the globes. It's like it vanished, even mm-hmm. though I remember that on the three-dimensional globes, like if you'd see in the classroom, there would be snow and ice up there where Santa Claus and the North Pole would be. So it's something I remember from being a small child, and now that's different. Yeah. And then some of the continents definitely look different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Australia and New Zealand, that relationship looks different mm-hmm. between North America and South America. There seems to be a, a shift there. Yeah. So things definitely do look different. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it looks like the, I've been talking about this uh, in another uh, episode of my uh, podcast. It looks like the Earth is kind of smaller than it was in you know the reality I grew up in. It seems like everything is more crushed down. You know. Like it's shrunk. <laughs> do you also have that feeling, or do you? And maybe you you have you know an explanation for it, or maybe it means something. Does it mean anything? Do you think it means anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't know. 
I think okay, there, well. you, what's cool is you can find some meaning in everything. Mm-hmm. And like, if you look closely, I think every single one of these uh, shifts ha- is a message for us. And right. so you can always look deep and find what that is. I don't know what that is. And also mm-hmm. it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. It's also usually very true on a very deep individual basis mm-hmm. that brings us even more fully into you know being present here on earth at this time. To me, that's how I respond to it. Mm-hmm. I know some people go the other way and they think, no, we're in a simulation. Mm-hmm. Everything's fake. It's all phony. This is not real. It's not my sun, not my planet, not my galaxy. You know, we used to be in a different part of the Milky Way, mm-hmm. um, all that. Mm-hmm. But but to me, I feel like, no, this is sacred. Um, mm-hmm. You're in a very special relationship. You're on the earth where you're voting for how it goes, like with right. North Korea and what have you. Yeah. We're making choices. Mm-hmm. We're This is a very good earth that we are on right now, and we're choosing yeah. it. So maybe it really is different than some of the other ones. I actually That's possibly said, true. Yeah, I actually said <laughs> something that was quite the same that as you are saying right now in in between worlds. That was the I think it was the third podcast that I made about the Mandela effect. That's actually exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, that we're on a better Earth, even though you know a lot of bad things are still happening, and it's not a, it's not an all positive place. But at least it seems that we're our as our consciousness consciousness is growing. Um, we are also growing uh, into other realities that are less uh, hostile. Because I, I sometimes hear people say or, or read people uh, uh, um, write their comments down uh, who say, I miss the old earth. And we all have that feeling sometimes, you know, because we grew up in that world. But uh, if you think about it, the the amount of atrocities that were, you know, in the old earth, you know, if you think about the Holocaust or all the other um, bad things that happened... Um, it it is a good thing that we can change realities and that we actually that this world is not a solid thing actually it's it's uh, uh it's alive it's like a uh, like a, and a human being is changing uh physically the earth is also changing physically and actually actually sometimes just going in a complete different direction and um right that, i believe that's a positive uh, thing as well so where did this old world go in in your uh estimation or your in your opinion what was the question where did i think um... where did this old world this old world that we know with the americas almost perfectly lined up beneath each other um, (laughs) australia and new zealand and and the north pole where did where did it go is it still there or is it gone um well it's another, I don't know, that this gets into the whole definition of how do we know anything at all exists. Mm-hmm. And we don't, really. I mean, mm-hmm. right. you don't. The whole thing could be a dream. Right. So on some level, we have access to what we remember. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as always. We can always remember it and access it that way. Mm-hmm. We might see a difference with the historical records now. The photographs might be different. They are different. Um, yes. <laughs> other people, like books, may say things that are different. That's okay. So it, that's just meant to wake you up to the fact that you are changing things, that mm-hmm. we're graduating to that level of, of awareness and interactability with physical reality. Mm-hmm. We're not the same beings that we used to be. No. So just like you wouldn't want to get back in your diapers and be an infant again, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, then we can be uh, a new level of human being, homo sapiens. This means mm-hmm. wise people. Right. And I don't think we've ever really been wise before. So this mm. is giving us the opportunity to step into that. Yeah. 
And sometimes it can feel sad. We can be nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But we, I think that's the challenge like of the crown chakra to recognize you have to let go. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to acknowledge um, the past is the past and the old earth is the old earth. And that's okay, but we're here now. Yeah. And be find a way to be at ease wherever you are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, when we talk about uh, you? You have a, a podcast um, that's called "Living the Quantum Dream," yes. right? Yeah. You you speak to uh, other um, um, scientists a lot, right? And what is yes. the 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 one thing that you would mention that is really acknowledging actually the Mandela effect that is right now in the scientific community uh, being um, uh, investigated, being uh, um, looked at. And what, what, is the, what is the most revealing thing that you've actually heard in, from a scientist about this subject? Well, re- relating I tend to, to the get subject. the bits. Yeah, it's not so much that they take on the whole subject, but no. they'll each scientist will take on a piece of it. Right. So um, when I when I spoke with Jerome Busemeyer, mm-hmm. he's the author of um, of a book with Peter Bruza, mm-hmm. and it was quantum cognition and decision. So they were looking at the ways that the human mind thinks in a quantum fashion, which used to be considered illogical. Um, But now that we're building quantum computers, the way that humans think, I'll give you an example. If you're taking a multiple choice test and you change the the sequence of the answers, Mm -hmm. so you might say, um, who do you like best to vote for the president of the United States? And A would be Donald Trump and B would be someone else and C is someone else. And you switch the order. Mm -hmm. When you change the order, it changes the way people select their answer. Mm -hmm. And um, originally, that was thought to be quite illogical. Like another good example of how humans are kind of foolish, and we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now that the quantum computers are doing the same thing, we're looking at it and realizing, wait a minute, this is amazing. So when you look, it does matter what sequence you ask questions in, because each question raises the connections There's a mental map that occurs. So the first question, if you put Donald Trump first, mm-hmm. you're thinking of all the tr- Trump-related ideas. Mm-hmm. And if you ask, uh, if you get to a different question or a different choice first, mm-hmm. uh, that brings those ideas up first. And it completely changes everything. So wow. the sequence matters. And mm-hmm. that's kind of huge. Um, mm-hmm. So I think when I interview people, I get a little piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And just like the scientific results, like the experiment that I mentioned, where they were seeing two different realities at the same place and same time, um, it's showing us a little bit deeper um, the, na- the true nature of how consciousness interacts with the physical world, which is much more profound than than I learned when I was going to just regular Western school in America. It's not what they were teaching at the time, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, consciousness plays a very key role. Mm -hmm. And each of the scientists I talk to, they bring a little piece of that puzzle forward. Mm. Yeah. I I had another recent conversation with um, a woman who's a, she teaches shamanism, but she used to work with multiple personality disorder people. And so, yeah, Jan Engels-Smith. And when she was working with people who had, I think, cerebral palsy or something, 
um, in one moment they could be extremely sick. And then, um, in other words, just completely broken and with inability to move, doctors could measure it and see that that person has problems. Mm -hmm. But then they'd go to another personality and they're fine. And they can do everything. Oh, wow, yeah. And if they're, yeah. if they're um, monitored by a doctor, the physiological measurements would be different. Right. So that yeah. was extraordinary. Um, yeah. I like talking to her about it because that's she's now a, a psychotherapist and uh, quite gifted in understanding that this is quite real. People literally do move from one reality to another. And then I talked with Dr. Larry Dossi, and he's a medical doctor, a fabulous person. And he, of course, has spoken quite a bit about the power of the mind and the way that we can literally change realities um, as well. So I, I've spoken to so many wonderful experts in this field. Yes. And I, people should check it it's, out. It's been yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, people should really Definitely. check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, the last question that I'm going to ask you is where do you, in your personal views, in your personal mm -hmm. opinion or personal feelings, where do you think we are going to? Where, where do we, what are we heading for with reality itself? Are we going to, mm -hmm. what kind of world are we going to? Uh, we're becoming much more co-creative with physical reality. So mm -hmm. we'll all be able to be, we'll have superpowers basically. <laughs> right. You know, the ones like you yeah. and me that are going to end up on that same planet. Um, We'll probably be able to levitate. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but mm -hmm. we'll be able to bilocate, teleport. Um, you know, these kind of things will be something that happen. Mm -hmm. We'll gain. It, it may take generations. I'm not saying this is going to happen next week or next mm -hmm. month, but mm -hmm. but this is a the evolution of where humans are definitely going. And I can see that we're already getting a lot of these um, skills and abilities that we're starting to see the power that imagination plays. And as we get artificial intelligence and quantum computers to be working with us side by side, we'll learn a lot more because then we'll be learning together with mm. another kind of um, way of, you know, another being that has a different way of viewing the world. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Um, mm. it's, it's quite quite exciting times right now. <laughs> mm. So you actually think that uh, artificial intelligence can also be of benefit? Of, of our to our benefits, right? It's not just only because yes. you hear a lot of, uh, you know, scary well, uh, stories about it. But it's the same, yeah, the scary stuff. It's the same thing as North Korea. You right. just have to realize you say no, right? Like no to the scary stuff, and yeah. yes to let's have some fun partners that can be by our side, like in Star Wars, R two D two and C three PO. You know, they can be our friends. Mm -hmm. That's those are good examples. Um, right. And say no to that that overarching um, central artificial intelligence that runs the world. That's yeah. evil. That's no. Yeah. We say no to that. <laughs> right. Great. Well, it was lovely talking to you, and maybe we're gonna do this again uh, if you like to. But it was uh, it was great having you I'd here. I'd love to. That will be great, really. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a lot more to talk about. This is such a deep subject and we can go anywhere we want to with this. So this is a really great. True. Um, so if people have, I don't think that, you know, I think a lot of people who would listen to my podcast know who you are. But if there are some people out there who are really mind blown by this and think, who is Cynthia Sue Larson? I want to find out everything about her. Where do they need to go? My website is realityshifters.com. That's mm. the best place to go. I'm also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. 
Um, but the best one is realityshifters.com. Okay. And so you're and thanks also- so much, Michael. <laughs> you're very welcome. And I hope to see you uh, uh, next time. And, um, well, thanks again for, for coming uh, on this, uh, this podcast. And, uh, well, I, oh, yes. I wish you a great day. You too. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. So, people, that was Cynthia Sue Larson. A great... Um, it's like an encyclopedia. When, when she talks, <laughs> she goes on. It's great to talk to her. And, um, well, I hope you enjoyed this, um, this episode. Um, I really did... Um, it went it went by so fast um, we were talking we were um we were supposed to um to have an hour a talk of an hour and then it lasted a little bit longer but it felt like uh, it felt it was kind of strange because this is also this is what happens when you really connect with someone um time seems to stop so it actually seems that it's um longer taking longer but at the same time it also feels like it's really going by pretty fast and those two realities are true at the same time that's amazing so thank you very much for listening to this uh, episode of beacon of reason if you haven't already done so please subscribe to my channel Um, comment if you like uh, discuss uh, about what we discussed in this episode in this interview and um, um, i hope to see you next time until next time